Today on The Dwelling Place, Pastor Al reminds us of one of the most important fundamentals of our Christian faith. I think somebody said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, I think it was Jesus Christ. Amen. So how can you justify not encouraging your people to share the gospel with other people when Jesus commanded us to do it? But that's what happens when we come to church and we're just consumers. We sit on our hands and there's no urgency about evangelism. There's no urgency to minister to one another. Hey, pay somebody to do that. Hey, that's Pastor Al's job. No. Paul says, it's appointed pastor, teachers, evangelists, power prophets and all to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place, you are my dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. Welcome to today's edition of The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Pastor Al is currently sharing a series called Healthy Church Fundamentals. The three fundamentals we're looking at are love, serving one another, and forgiveness. We covered love in the first two installments, and if you missed those programs, you can listen free online at cwccs.org. Today, we'll look at fundamental number two, serving one another. One of the defining characteristics of a healthy church is an attitude of service, a willingness to put the needs of others ahead of our own. Easier said than done, right? Here's Pastor Al Pittman. We're continuing our message uh, this morning, a series of messages, three messages, and this is part two of uh, those three messages entitled uh, Healthy Church Fundamentals. Last week, you talked about uh, the first fundamental is love one another. You got to start with love. Without love, we're nothing, right? The second fundamental we're going to look at today out of the three is serving one another in the body of Christ, but also serving people even outside the body of Christ. You may have heard the uh, word goat in reference to uh, those individuals who have excelled in a certain category. For instance, uh, Tom Brady is considered to be like the greatest quarterback that ever played the game. He's called a GOAT. What does it stand for? It's an acronym for greatest of all time. Amen? And the Lord Jesus, and you say, what does that have to do with the message? Well, nothing. No, it does. Anyway, but uh, the Lord Jesus calls us sheep, refers to us sheep all the time. But in relationship to serving one another, he really wants you to be a GOAT. He wants you to be the greatest. In fact, he told us that in so many words. And so today we're going to look at what it means to serve one another, to be the greatest. Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 23, but he who is what? Greatest. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Wow. And whoever exalts himself will be humble, and he who, exalts, who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. Greatness in the world is primarily based upon you promoting yourself or your own abilities or what have you. But greatness in the kingdom of God is based upon greatness in reference to serving other people. Jesus said, if you will be the greatest, if you'll be a goat in my house, (laughs) then serve others. Paul wrote about this in in, uh, the importance of serving one another in Ephesians chapter 4, where he says there that, God has appointed within the church apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers, listen to this, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. 
to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And for what purpose? Well, it's for the health of the church. Listen to what he says here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. He begins, it begins there. He says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Causes what? Growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Man, that's a, that's a mouthful right there. But here's the purpose for uh, serving one another. And that is, for one thing, so that we all grow up. If we're not serving one another, we, we, we're an immature body of believers. And false doctrines can come into the church and, 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 and deceitful plotting of men can come into the church and deceive the church. But if we will serve one another, we will help promote health and growth within the body of Christ. But I want you to notice something here, that the work of the ministry, the work of the ministry, we talk about the work of the ministry. What is the ministry? You know, we look, people describe the ministry. Oh, the ministry, Pastor Alice, what you do, you know, and all this. But in God's view, the work of the ministry is the body of Christ serving one another. Amen. And uh, as every joint, it says, uh, uh, does their share. Uh, the idea that paid church staff and those churches that can afford to have paid church staff, and we have paid church staff here uh, at Calvary Worship Center, the idea that paid church staff actually does the work, they're there to do the work, is not biblical. Amen? It's not biblical. It's not biblically based. To just say, well, you know, you're paid to do the work. No, they are there. The church staff is really there to support the leaders of the church who is, the, who is aiding and equipping you, the saints, to do the work. In fact, God called me out of the ministry to equip you to do the work of the ministry. You can almost see it that way. That's what Paul said, God appointed apostles and prophets, teachers, pastors, etc., within the church to equip the church members to do the work. People go, no, you do the work. No, you do. That's what the Bible says. I'm here to equip you. When you come to church, I was going to hear another sermon. No, you're coming here to be equipped. I'm not up here just blowing smoke, and, and you know, I got better things to do. Amen. I'm up here because I want you to be equipped. I'm teaching you through the Word of God and the things that Christ has commanded us so that you're equipped to go out and do the work of the ministry. Amen? And to minister to one another. That's not what we see many times within uh, society, within the church. The church is more of a corporation. It's taken more and more of a corporate model, or worse than that, a consumer model. We come to church to consume. Feed me. Amen. Feed me. I'm, not here. I'm here to receive. I'm not here to give anything. That's not what Ephesians 4 tells me. As every joint, you know, one joint supplies what is needed for the next joint, for whatever supplied or needed within the body of Christ. We are to minister to one another. It's not about just consuming. 
but it's also about giving. So that mentality, because that mentality of consumerism within the church, you know, what do you have for me? You know, do you have a, do you have a cafe? Do you have this? Do you have that? And I'm here to consume. No, I'm not, what are you here to give? That's the body of Christ. It's a living organism, and unless every part does its share, if your arm neglects the work today, you're going to be in a world of hurt trying to drive the church without arms. Amen. If some part of your body says, I'm going to take the day off, I mean, you need every part of your body to function, and so it is within the body of Christ. For us to be a well-functioning body of believers, healthy, every part needs to do its share, not just to be given to Christian consumerism, because when we do that, here's what happens. We become spiritually lazy and apathetic. Let somebody else do it. Let somebody else do it. Hey, you know, hire somebody to do that. No. That's not the model that we find in Ephesians chapter 4 or throughout Scripture. And that particular mentality, all it does is weakens the body, because what it does is robs you as an individual of God's glory, robs you as an individual of a deeper faith. It's nothing like watching God use your life to be a blessing to somebody else. And if your life is not being used for that, man, and you, you know, you, you're robbing yourself of a deeper uh, relationship of, of faith in, you know, in Christ, you could say it that way. And, and here's, here's even worst of all, I think, it promotes really an, uh, a lack of urgency in our hearts when we just come and we just consume in relationship to evangelism. We're not sharing our faith with anybody. We don't care. You know, let somebody else do it. Why not? And so we're not, we're not, there's no urgency in the church. In fact, there are some denominations that teach that, well, God knows everybody's going to be saved anyway, so since he knows that, then there's no sense in us doing any evangelism. So they don't tell anybody about, anybody about Jesus. And anytime I hear those kind of things, I always try to, I go back to Scripture and I try to line it up with what does the Bible say? More importantly, what does Jesus say? I think somebody said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, I think it was Jesus Christ. Amen. So how can you justify not encouraging your people to share the gospel with other people when Jesus commanded us to do it? But that's what happens when we come to church and we're just consumers. We sit on our hands and there's no urgency about evangelism. There's no urgency to minister to one another. Hey, pay somebody to do that. Hey, that's Pastor Al's job. No. Paul says he's appointed pastor, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and all to equip you to do the work in the ministry. That's not a, a message of condemnation. It's just putting things in the right perspective because things are so out of perspective in relationship uh, to church and, and, and what, it, what uh, a believer's part is within the church anymore. Is that you just come to be a spectator. No, God wants you to participate, to be involved in ministering to one another. The prevailing idea in the church today is let somebody else do the work. But God has uniquely equipped, listen to this, God has uniquely equipped you. Those of you watching online, those of you here today, he's uniquely equipped you to be a blessing within the church, to minister to one Another. Why do I say that? Well, First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I love that. First, I love the manifold grace of God. A manifold, I can always think of a car engine, the manifold on a car engine. I don't think they have those in the new cars anymore. I don't know what they have. Amen. <laughs> Remember, you could look, look, lift up a hood on a car and see where everything was and work on it, but nowadays you just lift it up and just slam the hood back down. I don't, I don't even know what I'm looking at. 
Pastor Al will be back in a few moments with the conclusion of today's message taken from his series titled Healthy Church Fundamentals. Here at The Dwelling Place, we would count it a real blessing to be able to pray for you. So share your prayer needs with us by going to our website, cwccs.org, and click the Need Prayer tab at the top of the homepage. That's cwccs.org. And be sure to visit our website on a regular basis to keep up with everything going on at Calvary Worship Center and with this radio outreach. That's cwccs.org. Now here's part two of today's message as we look at an important fundamental of a healthy church, serving one another. And notice it says that each one of us have gifts. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God has given you a gift, not so that you could shine it and put it on a mantle at home and go, ooh, look at this wonderful gift God has given me, so that you can use it in the building up of the body of Christ. God has given you a gift. Every one of us who are followers of Christ have a gift. Now, when we neglect serving one another, we stop caring for one another. We neglect serving one another. We, start, we stop caring for one another. We, we, we kind of take on the spirit of Simon Cowell, you know, uh, the British critic, you know. Uh, America's Got Talent or whatever, you know. Someone does a great performance, a singer or what have you, and everybody's like, that was awesome. And that's Simon Cowell. He's always over there like this. <laughs> Some people have that spirit. They come to church, you know, everything, worship, message, you know. And usually those people who are like that are not even involved. They're not contributing to anything. They just come to be critics. They stop caring. And so now they become critics. In the absence of servitude, disputes will always arise. You show me a church that is torn, that is just, there's disputes in the church or is divided or what have you, I'll show you a people who stop caring for one another. In Luke chapter 22, it's an interesting account here in Luke 22, because the disciples, <laughs> those mighty men of God, loved to dispute. And one of their favorite topics was who is the greatest. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, it says now, verse 24, now there was also a dispute among them, that is among the disciples, as to which of them should be considered the greatest. Amen. Mighty men of God. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you, Jesus said. On the contrary, he who is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger. We'll come back to that in a little bit. And he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? And from the world's perspective, he who sits at the table is greater. And then Jesus added this, yet I am among you as the one who serves. Wow. Amazing that the disciples were arguing about who is the greatest when the original goat, the God of all time, was right in their presence? That is Jesus. Amen? Isn't it amazing how we do that in the church? And you think, oh, man, that's horrible. How could they miss that, you know? But don't we do that today? Fighting, disputes, devouring one another, even in the church, because we stop caring and serving one another in the very presence of Jesus. The Bible says a dispute arose among them. <laughs> 
And it wasn't the only dispute. I mean, Luke chapter 9, they were also disputing again. In another place, they were also disputing. It was one of the you know, topics of conversation many times is, who's the greatest? In fact, two, two, uh, the two sons of thunder, the sons of thunder, you know, uh, sent their mother, you know, to Jesus' disciples to, to, to ask Jesus that when he came into his kingdom, could her boys, one sit on the right hand and one sit on the left hand of Jesus? I think, what mama boys are these <laughs> that couldn't go and ask Jesus himself? They sent mama, mom, would you ask Jesus if we could sit on the right hand and left side? You know, sons of thunder? I think not. <laughs> Amen. And so, and so, you know, and, 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 you know, so they, you know, the, why did they do that? Because they wanted, who's the greatest? They were jockeying for position. Isn't that like our hu- carnal human nature? We're always trying to find an advantage, position ourselves. That word dispute is from the Greek word, philonikia, and it means the love of strife, eagerness to contend. It's where we get the word Nike, which means victory. We have to win. It has to be our way. We've always got to be on top. Got to have the last word. Amen. That's a carnal mentality. But, but, but even more so, it speaks of someone who loves, the, who loves to stir up contention. You ever meet somebody like that? No matter how good the conversation's going, everything's great, they're like, yeah, but what about, you know, it's like, dude, chill out. Always trying to stir something up. This is the person that is speaking about, talks about disputes. They're always kind of talking about and wrestling with this, who's the greatest? And they loved it. They loved it. Disputing. Titus warns us about disputes. He said this in Titus chapter 3. But avoid foolish disputes and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law. For they are unprofitable and useless. And then he says this. A person that you've warned to not do this, to cause division in the church through foolish disputes and arguments about genealogies and all these crazy things that really have nothing to do with our salvation. He says, reject a divisive man or woman, after the first and second admonition. You warned them twice. After that, uh, you're not welcome here anymore. Knowing, why do you do that? Because you know that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. It's all about themselves. It's about their agenda. And they come in and they want to argue and dispute about the genealogies and things that don't matter. You know, sometimes Christians get wrapped around the axle of Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, talking about the tribulation period. The Bible says Jesus is going to come, and people believe it's pre-trib, some, you know, mid-trib, post-trib. I believe the Lord's going to come before the tribulation. You know, I think I've got great evidence for that in Scripture. But here's the bottom line. Jesus is coming. Amen. Amen. And you don't split the church over those type of things, I don't believe. Amen. And so, you know, but people get wrapped around certain things. That it's like, Really? Is, is that really a hill to die on? But again, this person is self-condemned. It's all about them. They can't help it. And you warn them twice, and then you tell them to leave. Scripture teaches us that the way up is always down when it comes to the kingdom of God. If I want to be, excel within the kingdom of God, I want to you know, make God happy, I want to serve the Lord, then the way up is always down. And for the person who likes to dispute, 
you know, they think that somehow, you know, they've got to raise these disputes in order to elevate themselves so that that's the way up, you know, so they look like the smartest person in the room. And the Bible says that that's the way of pride. That's what that is. That's pride. And what God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We cannot truly serve one another with an attitude of pride. Proverbs 15, verses 33 says that the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Amen. Before honor is humility. Our flesh is predisposed to pride, is it not? We're proud people. We can be proud people. The proud person seeks not to serve in humility, but to be served. It's really all about them. Even though they may pretend to be humble, it's really about them, and God knows. You know, today it's interesting that we see a lot of pride within society, which is not surprising, but, but, but uh, really pride in, in relationship to employment. A lot of employers are finding it hard to, to find people to fill positions, positions that start at an entry level or at the bottom. Hard to find somebody who wants to flip burgers anymore or wash dishes or, you know, Wait on wait tables or whatever. You've been to restaurants where it's like, you know what, uh, it takes you forever to get your meal because, you know, the, the kitchen is short staffed. They've only got, you know, two waiters and, you know, or wait, wait, wait staff and people, you know, you just can't get the service you, you, you know, you used to get or we've been used to, accustomed to. And uh, it's hard to find people. It's hard, it's hard to go someplace sometimes, not see a help wanted sign, you know, <laughs> taped on the window, you know, looking for people to come. People don't want to work that way. They don't want to, you know, they want to come in, not at entry. They want to come in at entry level, but they want, you know, the manager's salary. Amen. And, uh, you know, it's like amazing to me. You want to be paid uh, a manager's salary, and you can't even manage your own life. You got to start somewhere, and usually it's at the bottom. You got to prove yourself. And work your way up, you know. Uh, when I was coming up as a young man, I mean, yes, that's the way it was. You know, you, you had to work hard. And there was an old adage that you used to hear. You don't hear it anymore. And that was hard work builds good character. Remember that? Hard work builds good character. And I thought, man, why don't we hear that anymore? And it's like the Lord said, because character doesn't matter anymore. So when you talk to the younger generation about hard work building good character, they look at you like you're crazy because character doesn't matter. I just need to get paid. But you cannot refute the word of God. Before honor comes humility. You've got to start at the bottom and work your way up. This has been The Dwelling Place with pastor and author Al Pittman. You can listen to today's message again, watch the video version, or download an MP3 with a simple click. Just go to cwccs.org and click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at OnePlace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. That would be a great encouragement to Pastor Al and all of us here at The Dwelling Place. You can also share a prayer request with us, and we'll count it a privilege to pray for you. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Let me also remind you in closing that The Dwelling Place is a listener-supported outreach. We count on your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. If you'd like to join our support team with a one-time gift, 
or on a regular monthly basis, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. Have a wonderful day in the Lord and join us for another study in God's wonderful word next time on The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman, presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Dwelling Place.